You're listening to the Fayetteville 411 podcast produced by the City of Fayetteville, where you get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments that help keep our city moving. I'm Sherry Kropp. And I'm Devin Smith. Thanks for joining us on Fayetteville 411. Today, our guest is Chief Braden from the Fayetteville Police Department. How you doing, sir? Good morning. How is everyone? We're very excited to have you as our guest today. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. And we were just chatting a little bit before the recording got started, and I I think that's where I really want to start with this. Um, We'll touch on you um, getting sworn in this February and what's what's happened till then, but I think it's really interesting, your story of where it all started. So can you talk to us about your start with uh, Fayetteville Police? Yes, I started back in uh, 1996 as a rookie police officer. My first job in policing was here in the city of Fayetteville. Uh, back then, we were uh, stationed out of the, the LEC, where the Sheriff's Department is, uh, over off Dick Street. Uh, the Sheriff's Department had one half of the building, and, and the Police Department was in the other half of the building. We had the magistrates that were downstairs, and the top floors of there were, were the jail at that point in time. Uh, so oh, just a little over 27 years I've been here in Fayetteville. Uh, started as a rookie police officer and worked my way through the ranks, and and like you said, in February, sworn in as the chief of police. Right. Absolutely. And I, I and as we were talking beforehand, you said that you had served up under five um, police chiefs, and now you're it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I think that, you know, you, I, I, you take things away from everybody that you work for. They're all different styles of leaders, types of leaders. They all had their individual goals and styles on how they did things. And I, and I think, you know, I think I've, I've taken a little bit from each of those, you know, and, and created my own style of leadership that, 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 that hopefully, you know, will, will work for the city of Fayetteville. Absolutely. What did you what did you see or what can you recall changing from, you know, internally in the in the force, but also externally, you know, looking out at the city from when you started and to where you are now? So when I started, you know, uh your patrol car it had a siren box and, and, and a light bar switch that you could turn your lights on and you could turn your siren on. And, and you know, you look at the cars today, they all are equipped with radios, with radars. You know, we didn't have all those tech, technology items back then. It's come back a long then. way, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if, there, if I wanted to run a tag, I had to call it in on the radio and wait for dispatch to give me that information back. Where police officers today have all that information readily available to them at their fingertips through our mobile data terminals, uh, uh, the computers that are in cars, uh, you know, things like uh, radar. You know, they, they, they were something that took a while to get. You got to go out there and, and show that you were willing to work and write tickets and do things like that And because there wasn't that many radar units. Now, you know, they're, they're more prevalent and in, in, in our, our officers are able to get those a lot faster and sooner and help them go out and, you know, enforce the law out there in the city. Wow. So technology changes is one of those. That's those probably things. the biggest, you know, uh, you, you look where we've come from in the 90s. Uh, I was I was having a conversation with someone the other day, you know, uh, remember the iPhone was only introduced in 2007. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, so, so think about that. I was a cop for 10 years before the iPhone even came out. Yeah. You know, uh, when, when we had a call down to the watch commander's office, I had to find a pay phone, you know, keep it keep a pocket full of quarters <laughs> and, and go to the nearest payphone and call the watch commander because, you know, if there's something that couldn't be put out over the radio. So, you know, th- that's the difference. I, I think generationally, you know, cops today, you know, they don't realize that, that the place and the space that they're in right now 
you know, we, we've made all those advancements. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're, and my goal as a chief is to give them the best opportunity to be successful in their job, you know, yeah. and, 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 and because of the work of chiefs before me, you know, that, that were able to get that, those technologies, uh, to find the funding, get those programs implemented within our department. You know, it's shown how we've grown and we've stayed, you know, relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned, you know, now you're in that top spot and you're trying to to keep this force moving forward and, and progressing. So can you talk about what you um, envisioned for your 90 days, how you um, went through that process and, and now being on the other side of it, um, what you got from that? So uh, when we look back, you know, I, I think I sat down and we did a, a YouTube video or something when I first started and we talked about my 30, 60, 90 day plan. <clears throat> I thought it was important for those first 30 days, you know, and, and we broke it up into those three increments there. I thought it was important that for those first 30 days, uh, and I use the quote, seek first uh, uh, to understand, you know, that's something uh, I took away from with uh, Covey in his seven habits class, you know, Listen to what people have to say. Seek first to understand where they're coming from, what problems they perceive, you know, and, and you're, you're more likely to be able to manage people's expectations if you actually know what their expectations are. So those, you know, those first days, you know, I met with the officers, our command staff internally. You know, we talk, had conversations. What were their concerns? Where would they like to see the department go in the future? Uh, I met with different departments of city leadership. You know, what were their expectations? How do we interact with them on a daily basis, you know? What expectations do they have? You know, I, I, we talked about all the technology advances that, that the department has had. Those wouldn't be possible without our IT department to help us integrate those into our departmental needs. You know, so we work hand in hand with a lot of other city departments and we had to sit down and have conversations with them. And then lastly, you know, we serve the community. We had, I had to go out and uh, speak with the people that we serve, you know, through Community Watch, through the church groups, through the district meetings with the council people, you know, uh, meeting with uh, civic groups, you know, uh, going on multiple podcasts and radio mm -hmm. interviews and, and, and interviews with news stations uh, that ask questions about my 30, 60, 90 day plan, you know, so, so it was just getting myself out there, listening to what people, the questions they were asking, listening to what concerns they had. And then, uh, you know, coming back, sitting back, and then working with those same individuals to come up with a plan on how we move forward. So that, that, that moves into that next segment, that 30 to 60 day, you know, uh, and I get, I use the quote from Simon Sinek that it's better to go slow in the right direction than to go fast in the wrong direction. That's, that's why we have to plan things out. Okay. We know what, what the concerns are. We know what the expectations are now to work with those same individuals to say, okay, how do we move this forward? You know, uh, and again, as a leader, and that's what the chief of police is, they're a leader. They represent the department, and they also represent the community. Sometimes we have to find a way to make to make those expectations possible. Yeah. So, you know, uh, after sitting down listening for the first 30 days, the second 30 days was sitting down and, okay, how do we move forward? What do we need to do? What do we need to change? Uh, I've created some committees to help analyze and develop clear goals and plans for future successes, both internally and externally. Uh, I think we took, you know, opportunity to take a look to see where we could grow as an organization and, uh, you know, and, and to engage with other people within our community, you know, just to come up with that plan on where we're headed. And you've been out in the community a lot. I've, I've seen you all over the, like, all over the place. So you've been really busy. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I and I, I, 
Tabitha, who is my, my administrative assistant, I told her, I said, I'm not going to turn down anybody that wants to talk. We'll make the time. You know, uh, if I can't get it to them exactly when they want to, we can reschedule them. But, you know, I made myself available to anyone that uh, invited me out to their, their, their event, their program, their meeting, mm -hmm. and anyone that, that wanted a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, we found time to schedule in, even if it's only for 30 minutes to come sit down in my office and have those conversations. That's fantastic. And you've had several open houses, too, I understand, where um, citizens or residents had the opportunity to come in and <clears throat> meet with, with you and, and staff and kind of go behind the scenes and um, visit some of the facilities. Yes, yeah, so we had uh, one at each of our uh, patrol districts, and to include the police administrative building downtown, which houses our administrative services, our, our detectives, and our Campbellton district. That was our largest of, of the open houses. Mm -hmm. And we had anywhere from probably about 70 to 100 people come through that night. Uh, out at the individual districts, out at Central and Cross Creek, those happened uh, uh, after that. And, and you know, they're, just, they're a little bit smaller. They don't have all the assets and resources that we have in the, in the police administrative building downtown. But we still had a good turnout for those. You know, I think there was about 60 or 70 people that showed up to each of those events as well. Absolutely. What was that like to, to have people come in and kind of see their reaction to all the things that they they know the buildings there they see the cars outside they know when they call you show up but they've never really seen what happens on the other side of the door yes so uh <clears throat> i think when people talk about the police and the, their vision what pops in their mind is an officer in a police car cruising down the streets because that's what they see you know uh, I think given the, the, given the community the ability to come in and see, you know, the detective base, where Homicide works at, our Crime Information Center, where we have our, our ComStat meetings, it, it shows that there's more to the job that we do on a day-to-day -day basis than just that officer who's riding around pulling a car over on the side of the road. Um, I, I think it gives people an insight uh, that they probably didn't have. They, they have the opportunity to have conversations with the detectives. You know, uh, it's not just me, the chief of police, telling you something on a podcast now. Now you can sit down and you can ask the guys and, and the gals that go out there and investigate crime, you know, those individualized questions that, that you, may, you may, may not have come up in, in, you know, when you're talking to the chief, you know, uh, that, that, that aren't answered by the things that you see on the news or, or, or just a police officer on the side of the road. So there's a lot more to policing than just, you know, the marked police car that you see doing traffic enforcement out on the roadways. Um, can you talk about, uh, you know, coming, coming out of these conversations, getting into the planning, what are some of the things that you have, uh, have identified you're planning on, on working? What are some concerns from the, you know, the internal perspective? What are some concerns from the external perspective and, and, you know, I guess start with a little bit of the roadmap of how we how we start to address some of those things. So you know uh, when you when you talk to so as many people as I have over the past three months, you know you're going to have a, a wide range of topics of discussion. I think it's important to narrow on the reoccurring or repeating things or themes of top or topics that come up during those conversations. Uh, so you know internally, you know uh, officer retention and uh, is always going to be a concern. Uh, you know, people talk about recruiting, but, you know, to me, uh, I've said this from day one, that, that I, I can alleviate the recruitment problem by retaining officers. You know, if, if, I, if I stop people or, or I slow the process of people leaving, 
it's less pressure on me to go out there and recruit. So, you know, we had those conversations about what officers' expectations were as an employee of the City of Fayetteville Police Department. Uh, and, and, and there's no doubt that we've had a loss of, of institutional knowledge across the board through retirements or through the experience that has left this place and gone on to work at another agency. Uh, so, so, you know, to me, the, the, I wanted to really emphasize and, 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 and put to the forefront the opportunities that the Fayetteville Police Department has that a lot of smaller agencies in our region don't. You know, I've said this time and time again, we're the largest police department in the southeast region of North Carolina. You know, uh, we, we have a full service police department. You know, we have homicide detectives, we have specialized robbery detectives, we have property crimes detectives, we have a, a, a SWAT team, we have a search and rescue team, we have a traffic unit. We have everything that a, a big city police department has, okay, here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. That's not something that you can have at a, have at a lot of these small towns. So, you know, we have opportunities for people who are truly seeking to make law enforcement a career and they have goals for their career, we have the opportunity for them to achieve a lot of those goals that they can't get at some of these smaller agencies. So we gotta, we gotta emphasize that to, to bring people here and keep and retain our people here because of the opportunities that we afford them. Absolutely. Naturally, you know, there's pay issues. Uh, uh, right now, it's, it's almost like, you know, uh, everyone's having problems with uh, recruiting and retention. So you have many towns are offering, you know, they're going up on their starting pays, you know, and then, and, and, and we're constantly fighting that, you know, of, of where's the best deal, where's the best opportunity for me to make a decent salary. Uh, externally, you know, uh, many of our conversations centered around, centered around violent crime uh, and, and, and a reoccurring theme that, that was surprising to me, well, not really surprising, but, but was more frequent than I thought it would be was some of the careless and reckless driving, the speeding, basically traffic violations that occur in the city of Fayetteville. You know, uh, I, I think people are taking notice of some of the car club things that are going on, mm -hmm. the, you know, some of the, uh, the ATV and off-road motorcycles that are, that are you know, come out and, and operate on our city streets. Uh, to include the average motorist who's just speeding, you know, has, has, is not paying attention to the speed laws and cutting people off in traffic. These are all major concerns that I've heard at multiple community watch meetings and from multiple people out in our community. Uh, nationally, mental health and homeless issues, uh, you know, surrounding, you know, um, they're always going to be a problem. Uh, but, but people have voiced their concerns. They want to know what we're doing about that. You know, I talked to them about our CARES program. You know, uh, and, and that's just what the police department's doing. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to offer solutions that we can provide, yeah. you know, but it's not going to solve all the problems. Gotcha. Uh, naturally, with, uh, with national incidents, police accountability is a topic. When, we talk, when I spoke with external groups, uh, and, and believe it or not, the people out in our community were worried about our officer morale and officer productivity. You know, they want to know that our officers are, 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 are feeling confident, are able to go out there and work. So, you know, that's a topic that actually came up from our citizens externally a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, during this 30, 60, 90 day plan, it gave you the opportunity to assess all of these things internally, externally, community engagement and things like that. And so um, you're, I guess from this point on, you're going to start putting and implementing um, this plan in place programs and community engagement and things like that. So, yes, I, 
basically at the, at the conclusion we sit down and we did a SWOT analysis you know we, we identified what our strengths our weaknesses our opportunities mm-hmm. and threats are uh, you know some of our strengths are always going to be our people our human capital are, they're, they're probably our greatest and biggest investment mm-hmm. uh, as a uh, as a department and as a city uh, I think it's going to be key to capitalize on a lot of our community partners we're, we're asked to deal with problems like I said some of the concerns for mental health homelessness you know, that's not something the city, uh, the police department can solve on its on its own. Right. You know, or, or probably, you know, should be take the lead on solving those problems. I think that, you know, we, we play part of that solution. But, you know, I agree that, 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 you know, that's not clearly within the police department's realm of something to go out there and, and actually solve. Uh, so our community partners are going to be key to some of our strengths. Uh, I, we talked about it earlier with technology, the state-of-art training and technology that we have here. You know, we're, we're, we have everything that any other large municipality has, any of the big cities, you know, across the nation. We have all of that training and that state-of-art equipment here, so that's a strength. And then the multiple uh, programs, the multiple units, and the opportunities that we provide that I spoke about earlier. I think that is a strength that we offer as well. We talk about weaknesses, recruitment and retention. Uh, Again, retention, you know, is, is constantly going to be the battle. Uh, how do we retain people here? How do we how do we ensure that our, our employees are happy and they're comfortable and they're, they're confident and they feel they have the support of the city that they actually serve? And that that really that helps with a lot of other things, right? Like when you the longer people are here with us, the more mm-hmm. knowledge they have about our institution, but also the you know the more experience they have. Uh, in this community, not only as a community-based officer, but also as someone who's just getting those years and repetitions yes. as a law enforcement officer. So, you know, they're getting they're getting more confident at handling certain things and stuff like that. I've had two academies graduate since uh, since I've taken over as chief of police, and you know, and, and when I address those academies during their graduation, I tell them, you know, there's three things that it takes to be successful as a police officer. Okay, you got to be confident. You got to be competent. And you have to have just a little bit of charisma. You ain't got to have a lot. You just got to be a likable person, okay? Yeah. But uh, I think what you're talking about is that confidence. There's a certain level of confidence you only get after you've done a job for, for a certain amount of time. You know, uh, that experience, you know, uh, helps you build your confidence in what you do. You know, so to retain experienced officers, you know, it's going to make sure that we have a more confident and competent force that's out yeah. there uh, uh, policing our community. Absolutely. So what were some of the, the opportunities that you think that are worth exploring to, to kind of progress us forward? So uh, as a new chief, okay, I have, it's a young department. So, you know, any changes that, that we, you know, want to enact or, you know, or, or, or make at this time, guess what? When you're young and, and that's the time to make those changes, okay? That's the time to, to make have that paradigm shift or or that change in policy, you know, uh, when you're young as an agency, okay? Sometimes if, you know, you're too old as an agency, people get set in their ways, and, you know, and, and like anywhere else, you know, you know change is, is probably your greatest obstacle to overcome. Being that we are young, you know, we can, we can guide this department in the direction that we want. We, you know, uh, for example, I, I tell people this, you know, the, the officers that have been hired in the past five years, they've never worked without a body-worn camera. Yeah. Okay. 
Whereas someone my age who didn't even have an MDT when they came on, you know, it, it, it takes longer for me to adapt to the new technologies, to learn the new processes and procedures. And we're young enough right now that a lot of the processes and procedures we have in place, guess what? These officers know nothing else other than that. You know, and if we were to implement something new, it'd be easier for them to actually change direction as opposed to someone who's in their 27th year and trying to convince them, no, this is the direction we need to go now. So I think that's a great opportunity that we have. The, the youth of our department uh, is, is, will help out in a lot of the changes in, in the direction we need to start heading. Uh, opportunities, uh, again, I got to capitalize on the opportunities we offer here, you know, uh, at, to utilize those as a recruiting, you know, uh, process or as a, you know, to let people know that, you know, hey, if you want to do something specialized, like be part of a traffic unit, this is a place to come. So we need, you know, to, to, to take advantage of those opportunities as we deal with some of the other problems that we're looking at. Uh, officer and, and staff development, I think, is a great opportunity right now. You know, we have, because we are so young, it's time for us to invest in those officer development courses, those, those supervisory leadership development courses. Uh, it's a great opportunity now to invest in those people and develop them and make those, you know, the staples of, of, of our department. Well, I know you've been police chief for a short period of time now, but we're definitely headed in the right direction. Um, and it, things aren't going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time uh, to get to where you want to be. Exactly. What What can we expect moving forward uh, the end of this year into the next year? What do you see happening? So, you know, uh, right off the bat, I'd like, to, I'd like to, you know, incentivize some of the things that we do. As we look at uh, some of our processes for, you know, promotion and for for specialized assignments, I want to be incentive-based. I want officers to know that if I do a good job, you know, or my performance, you know, indicates that I do a good job in this area, that I can carve a career path for myself. And it goes back to what I just finished talking about, creating opportunities. You know, uh, you can come to the Fayetteville Police Department and, and, and have a career path as opposed to, hey, I'm just going to be a patrol officer that, that, that answers 911 calls. And so it gives officers something to work for, uh, to work towards uh, as opposed to just, you know, I, I got to get my experience here, but I want to move to a bigger agency because I'll have more opportunity. You can start here and have that opportunity, prove yourself. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a great example of, hey, I started at Fayetteville. I've worked my way as a rookie police officer all the way up to the chief of police. So, you know, and understand that you work for an organization where those possibilities are there for you. One of the things that I wanted to touch on, I know we're, we're, we're running out of time, but you recently gave a presentation um, and, and you talked about uh, crime statistics and things like that. Well, we are uh, right in the midst of summer. Um, people automatically think when it gets hot, crime goes up, things like that. What are some of the things that you are, um, you know, you are you are preparing for to make sure that we keep crime numbers down? So uh, th there is some truth to that. You know, as people get out of the house, they become more active. They're at, you know, they're staying out later. They're going out and doing more things out and out in public. You know, the possibilities are there. Uh, as as a police officer, you know, it's our, our job to, to take away opportunity for bad guys to have that opportunity to commit crime. You know, so, so having officers out there, you know, and, and, and being observant, you know, uh, having them be proactive, making sure that, that you know, as we look at, if, if, if we look at what the, the, the common complaints were or the recurring themes during, you know, the first 30, 60, 90 day 
plan, you know, we need to have plans for violent crime. We need to have uh, people, our, our traffic unit, we're out there, we're working car club specials for the, you know, the people that are doing the reckless and careless and reckless driving. So we're seeing what, what people are talking about, like I said, and then we're trying to anticipate what happens over the summer. Uh, we're monitoring, you know, what's happening nationally. You know, anything that you see nationally, you know, you, you see it at a smaller scale here locally. So, so paying attention to what you see going across our nation, you know, that, that's something that we have to pay attention to and make sure that we're planning and prepping for what we're seeing go on in other, these other larger cities. And then what can, what can we do as residents and citizens of Fayetteville to assist? I know there are program, there's a new program with people can opt in to, to have like their cameras and things accessible to if something happens in their area. I would suggest that we actually, you know, get to, you know, come to, I think the open houses were a success. Uh, people had some knowledge about that they didn't have prior to about the police department. Uh, come in, learn about the police department through one of our citizen police academies. Uh, That's what I was going to say. The Citizens Police Academy is a great opportunity for them to really, like, even get hands-on yes. uh, and go behind the scenes to see what officers do. And, uh, you know, and, and follow us, you know, on Facebook mm -hmm. or social media. You'll see the events that we're planning, uh, the training trainings that we have out, out in the community. You'll see, uh, you know, we report on, you know, uh, significant arrests that we've made you know and it, it just to be a little bit better informed about what we do uh i, th I think being aware and, and 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 just being informed are the greatest things that anybody can do for any situation so uh i would say do those follow us on you know on social media uh ask questions come down be inquisitive you know uh, participate in, in one of the events be able to speak to an officer one-on-one -on -one, and then just formulate your own opinion on you know okay yeah and then have those conversations back with us of, okay, this is where I think the police department needs to head. These, these are crimes that I have great concern of uh, within our community. Uh, and, 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 just be, and just participate. It's easy to sit back and complain, you know, but, but you know, to participate and actually, hey, what can I do? Uh, you know, I, I, faith in action is, is, is something that's starting up. It's a, it's a, it's a progression of Chief Hawkins' uh, faith forum. We did a lot of trainings with uh, our faith leaders and our faith community out at churches in regards to things like drug addiction, you know, human trafficking, fraud. And, 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 and now what I've asked is, is that, you know, as I identify areas in our city where we're having problems with things of that nature, you know, volunteer, come in. You know, uh, a lot of church groups have addiction counselors, grief counselors. You know, if there's violent crime in an area, I may ask you to go out there and just be there for that community to listen to, you know, as a peer-to-peer -peer support because, you know, the, the, a lot of church groups have that those counsel, counseling options available to them. So, you know, get involved in a program such as that. You know, there's, always, there's different kind of ways that you can be active in your community. Well, Chief, it's time to wrap it up. We are um, very happy that you joined us today, and um, I, I can tell that you really have a heart to serve. I mean, after 26 years with Fayetteville Police Department, um, you have to have a heart to serve, and we appreciate that and everything that your officers do. Well, thank you.
That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fayetteville 411. The Fayetteville 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fayetteville, as we provide timely and informative updates on a variety of topics related to the city of Fayetteville. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fayetteville, available on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fayetteville has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon. Amazon Fire TV. You can view all our video content by visiting FayTV.net. To get more information about city services, go to our webpage at FedvilleNC.gov. Thanks for joining us.